0: what's up everybody it's your man Plyrock, and before we get started with today's podcast just wanted to take this opportunity to remind you to please follow us on facebook at ply and the moldog that's p-l-y-a-n-d-t-h-e d-a-w-g ply and the Muldog. you can also find our live video game show most nights of the week at plyrock gamer on facebook and you can find us on twitter and instagram at plyrock gamer p-l-y-r-o-c-k g-a-m-e-r we appreciate all the support we'd love it if you dropped us some feedback a subscribe on spotify itunes or google play it really helps out the show thank you so much and enjoy meeting at the intersection of entertainment and knowledge of greatness and destiny comes the greatest sports video game movie podcast on today please welcome in your hosts, plyrock and mitch the what's up everybody it's your man plyrock and welcome to another Vodcast episode of Ply and the Moldog.
1: Muldog, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm doing great. We are loaded tonight, and uh, we did have some uh, engine issues to start the show, so we're a little behind, so let's get right to it. Hey, man, we'll always fight through them. We're fighters here in the ply
0: Rock Nation. So how's everybody doing tonight? Thank you so much for joining us live on Facebook. If you're watching the live podcast, soon it will be available on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. We got a lot to go over tonight. We got insane things going on all over the world. <laughs> That's understatement of the year. But Muldog is going to get us started with the top stories in sports, and he's going to piss me off already at 9.15 at night. All right, let's do it, baby.
1: All right. Well, first off, we have. uh, I generally don't like to lead with uh, a television event, but this one we'll give the teaser here because it's going to be big. Uh, ESPN is doing this ten-part documentary on Michael Jordan called Jordan's Last Dance. Okay. It is going to be. It's going to be you know really really deep into the weeds. I mean, ten-part documentary. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to hit on everything, I would assume. I've, I've read some trailers. I've read some teasers. Uh, but I don't want to spoil it for anybody who's going to be watching. But I think the very interesting thing that I heard, the one little backdrop I will give, is that Michael Jordan himself, and I find this, nah, I don't know, maybe this is just kind of his teaser, but he said that you're going to watch this documentary and you're going to think he is not a good dude. Um, LAUGHTER Oh, yeah, that's that's in yeah that's intriguing because ESPN generally doesn't make their bones by you know doing a show to put Michael Jordan of all people in a very bad light. I mean, does that seem incongruous to you? I mean, I guess if you listen, if you made a documentary
0: about anybody on planet Earth, we could make anybody look like you know, Jesus, or we can make anybody look like Joe, Joe King there, Tiger King. So I don't know if necessarily I might, maybe Jordan is nervous about some skeletons that are going to come out of the closet on him, but if he really didn't want it to air, would it have aired? You know what I mean? Would, would your airness allow the, that's the airing of this documentary to happen if it was truly that, uh, destructive to his personality and and my other thought on it is, so many of these uh, athletes do so many scrup- unscrupulous things now. Uh, are we really going to be shocked by anything that Michael Jordan has going on from his gambling or maybe some extra ladies on the side or whatever? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I he's still going to be the greatest basketball player of all time. But you know, what do you
1: think? Yeah, I don't think anything is going to come out that's going to shock us at this point. And and that's a good point, but like with with a lot of things, Jordan. This is my this is my prediction um, on the series. Is really Jordan people are going to be in their camp, and they're going to adjust it to fit their narrative. And anti Jordan people will probably be in there to um, you know reinforce their anti Jordan sentiment. There they have to. The one thing this document has to do is it does have to dig deeper into some of the things you already mentioned. A lot of it is, has been rumor, wisp, pain, some of it with, you know, a lot of smoke uh, to that fire. The gam, you know, why he retired the first time. Let's not forget the really odd circumstances surrounding, you know, the unfortunate tragedy involving the murderer's father. Oh, uh, yeah. A lot Jeez, of people were like, yeah, you know, there there might be some dots connected there add to other MOs if he was involved in certain things with some unscrupulous people that shall remain nameless. But, you know, I, I think both sides of the George coin, wherever you are, will probably have enough to go on after seeing this thing. Like I said, it's 10 parts. So it it's it's got no excuse for not digging very deeply into – Everything that is and was Michael Jordan,
0: how uh, how could they do a ten part? I, when you say ten parts, is it like ten half-hour episodes, 10 one one-hour episodes? Ten, is this like is this longer than Ken Burns' The Civil War the at this point? I,
1: yeah, the way I read it, the way I read it was ten-hour episode, much like a oh, yeah. you know a season of Ozark, right. way, or something along those lines.
0: All right, well they could do that. I mean that doesn't sound shocking to me that they uh they could pull out 10 hours of i mean jeez he's a he had a, a storied career in college a storied career in the nba a storied almost storied career not quite storied to this point as an owner in the nba uh, i don't think he's pulled down any championships yet with uh which team does he own again the carolina does he own a team in carolina or a team where's this and- team
1: the Charlotte, yeah, the Charlotte Bobcats. Not to mention the business stuff. You know, you can do you could do a ten-part series on his relationship with Nike. So there's plenty there.
0: Oh, okay, I got yeah Nike. <laughs> oh boy, all that's about to change soon. The, that company. So uh, all right, so they're they're hurting for content. So they're coming out with the ultimate Michael Jordan documentary. That's pretty cool. I'm probably gonna tune into it because uh, when I was in high school, I hated Michael Jordan. Uh, Everybody else in my high school, um, I did not live anywhere near Chicago, Illinois, by the way, everybody else seemed to be a Chicago Bulls fan. I was the one jerk Purple Dinosaur Utah Jazz fan in the entire building, and uh, the reason I picked the Jazz when I was younger is because Carl Malone and John Stockton were the antithesis of Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen, and they seemed like the only two guys who could take that team down. And that's why I ended up liking them. So all right, that's pretty cool. So ESPN's out of WrestleMania's and now they're gonna show documentaries of retired NBA players.
1: What else do we got going on, man? Well, we can't we can't ignore we can't ignore the draft. we've talked about it plenty, but again, there's always a there's a development, new development, multiple developments every single day. Uh-huh. So the slant I wanna the slant I wanna put on tonight is uh twofold. Okay. So now you know, you're a week out. Now the games are really heating up, right? The, the chess match is really heating up. So you're seeing all sorts of rumors floated out by whoever wants to float them out to reinforce some type of agenda or some type of, you know, ruse even to some other owners of what they may or might may not do. So you hear about teams talking to this guy, you know, jumping in on this guy, things like that. Boil that all down. I think the most interesting piece of that whole thing, because... As I've said before, it gets silly with all the with all the permutations and the and the mock trades and and all that all that shenanigans. But what I think is, this one really boils down to is the Detroit Lions sitting at three. All right, they've been kind of laying in the weeds. Nobody's really talking about much, and supposedly now they are talking to Tua. Okay, right, about taking him at three. I don't believe it. I think it's nothing but a smokescreen. They are not going to take Tua at three. They're talking about this to hope they bait Miami Dolphins, and we'll get back to them, in trading to move up to three to make sure they get Tua at three and swap picks. If they swap picks with the Lions, the Lions will be at five. All right? But the Lions will still get their guy at five that they want, the cornerback out of Ohio State. Yeah. They will still get him at five. He'll still be there. So this is this is a smokescreen. The the Dolphins better not bite on this. The Dolphins more to win or lose in this draft than any in their history. They have the most picks. They are currently somewhat moving in the right direction with the end of last year. If they blow this draft, it sets this franchise back immensely. They cannot wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a
0: minute. Are you telling me if the Dolphins blow this draft, it would set them back immensely? Is that what you just said? Well, they, they're well, going to Hold on, hold on. Is this you know? is this is that what well, I'm just asking because I don't know how you could go from the shittiest team in the NFL backwards. Like how do you actually well, do that? Like how could you even move backwards when you're already against the wall in the sewer or the trash bin of shit? Like how can the Dolphins go back any further? So, I mean, Listen, I, I think I, they could draft the janitor at Roger Goodell's house next Sunday or whenever this stupid effing draft is that we've been mocking for th- four weeks because we have nothing else to talk about. They could draft that guy, the guy who cleans Goodell's toilets, and they would be a better football team than they are right now. I'm sorry. Why do I'm I even Go pissed. ahead.
1: Why do I even waste this high levelness on <laughs> you? Sometimes I, I, question, I sometimes I question my. They could sanity. be the
0: Browns, Stevie. Stevie's in the chat saying they could be the Browns. Listen, Stevie, with, they might as well drop the Browns off at the Super Bowl
1: by this point. The Dolphins. Give the, me a break. The, they are going in the right direction. This is a momentum play. They have the most picks. They have the most picks in the first round. They have the most picks overall. Dragon. So maybe you say. A negative draft can't make them worse. Okay, so I'll give you half the argument. A good draft can make the Miami Dolphins. Yes, yes, that's have. better. It, it, will
0: you go with that at least? That's better. That's better because you All can right. only move up from crap. All right. Do we have to talk any more about the NFL draft? Can you hit me with something? I'm, I'm, I'm at nauseum about the draft. I don't think we should be allowed okay. to talk about the. And I love your draft stuff because you know way more than me. But I've had to listen to like ESPN radio now, you know, for my little commute to work. Sometimes I put it on to see what they're talking about, and they're like, "This morning, on you know whatever the state, whatever the show is now." I keep forgetting it. I used to remember it was uh, Mike and Mike in the morning, but it's not that anymore. Go- they're like Golik and Lingo. Okay, so it used to be it used to be Mike, and now it's Golik and Lingo. But they're like, "All right, it's our '86 mock draft this morning, and we're gonna do four picks just you know, and from eight to nine a.m." And then from 9 to 10 a.m. we're going to draft picks from 1978. And then from 10 to 11 a.m. we're going to go back and talk about the greatest teams that were drafted in 1952. And it's just, we get it. We get
1: it. All right. <laughs> let me close Let me close out the draft, though, with just two tidbits. And I will uh-huh. call. I'll, and the, then the, my is. here is, these will be disasters, okay. okay? These two things, if they happen, will be disasters. And I've heard plenty about it. I'm not in it, but if these two come, either one of them disaster. disaster number one would be the Miami Duff taking Justin Herbert over Tua.
0: Okay. All
1: yeah. right.
0: Disaster yeah. number one. It's a foreign disaster. language to
1: me. Yeah. Yeah. Disaster number two would be my New York Giants draft. Isaac Simmons, Lacker, Al Clemson with sure. the number four pick. Disaster number two. Uh, if Simmons goes four to the Giants or Herbert goes five to the to the Dolphins, yeah, ring disaster bell. Right.
0: Awful, awful. Here's, here's disaster number three. Which way in your room is the wireless router? Was it is it towards your back wall? Is it towards your front wall? Is it to your side wall? Where where do you think the router is in your room? Like in proximity to the walls you're sitting in, straight ahead. All right, move yeah. forward a little bit towards that router, because <laughs> everybody, you're very robotic right now, and it's not your fault. I'm thinking maybe my you're internet
1: little... is solid. My internet is solid.
0: All right, all right. Well, just can you can you move forward a little bit or no? I know you're at your desk, but you're well, a strong dude. Did... Can you push it?
1: Well, yeah, but then it? I run into. Right. You know this setup here. You know where I the know this setup there. It's wired. sexy. I this know you're sexy. It's not everywhere. a question you of couldn't... you being
0: sexy or not being sexy. You're just
1: seeing if you can move a little closer to the router. Anyway, no, then I run into then I run into plug in issues with all the various all right, setup. All right. like I don't I don't have the studios. I don't have Plyrock Studios here. I all right, that's fine. We'll you.
0: make do because we love you. It's all right. I'm gonna come a more for to... the
1: common. Yeah. I kind of connect with the common man a little more.
0: Stevie, Stevie, in the chat here, guys, those of you uh, listening on Spotify, iTunes, or Google Play, we are taking questions live as we go. Stevie has a football question. Uh, where I'm waiting for him to post it. So as soon as he posts it, and I do see everybody else in the chat, the alerts are silent because we are recording this for the podcast. So I do see you all. I do love you all. Moldog loves you all. You can talk to me directly at Ply Rock Nation on Facebook and you can talk to Moldog directly at Ply and the Moldog on Facebook. So alright, so we're past the NFL draft, thank God. Alright. We're past the Michael Jordan documentary, which seems pretty interesting, alright? Although I don't I can't see how this is gonna be some super uh it's gonna just reveal all these super secrets about him. I mean it could, shit, we don't know, but I, he's not going to do any worse in this documentary than Tiger Woods did in real life by not being smart enough to have two cell phones. So, you know, I think we got to get to like the big story, the elephant in the room, the plyrock heartbreak, is sitting here right now. Stevie, do you think Vic deserves to be in the Hall of Fame? Do you? That's what Stevie's asking right now. Do you mean Michael Vic, the dog killer guy? Is that who you think he's talking about? I, my guess is that's who he's talking about. All right. Uh Vic doesn't have any rings. How many times did he make the playoffs? A couple. Eh, he was on NFL, he was on Madden once, wasn't he? On the cover of yes, Madden he football? Was. Eh, I don't know. I would say no. And I wouldn't say no because he's a he was a psychopath with like a giant uh house of horrors. I would say no because I don't think his play lived up to a Hall of Fame quarterback uh, caliber quarterback like uh, Aaron Rodgers, the greatest quarterback of all time. What say you, Moldog?
1: I agree. Michael Vick, uh, if it was the Hall of Very Good, would be in, but it is the Hall of Fame. I do not think Michael Vick is a Hall of Famer. Bananas has a fish lost his mind. By the way, in my chat, I don't know. Oh, if bananas in is yours, in your chat. He, I'm like, <laughs> oh, he's nuts. He's nuts. He's lost it. Sometimes, you know, I was, you know, bananas was good the last few times. He's lost his mind tonight. Maybe, Listen, maybe he'll come back. Cut bananas a little bit of slack. We've all been in this lockdown
0: now for literally like 30 plus days, and we're doing mock drafts of the NFL for the past month. And Bananas has been going back and having to watch old fights like Spinks and, and Ali and Tyson and Burbick. So, I mean, he's, he's even
1: watching golf, right? Bananas watching There's golf. The... I
0: was proud of him. <laughs> Jessica is saying, Vic is one of the only people I'd slowly torture for free. Carl mm-hmm. saying his real name is my – oh, I'm not repeating that one. <laughs> anyway, I. <laughs> that's funny. Bananas has now shown up in my chat, but that's okay. Jump back and forth, guys. Feel free. Jump back and forth between the chats. Muldog is excited. I'm excited to uh, talk to everybody. Sorry, right, let's get the elephant in the room. Let's talk about it. You know what I'm going to say. You uh, know. WWE. It's It's worse than that. Let's start with the XFL. So, obviously, I'm going to let you report on it because you know the facts. You know what's going on. I'm going to make some bold predictions here, but you can go ahead and go first.
1: Well, I mean, there's not the elephant in the room. is XFL declared bankruptcy, and I was reading some stories today as to certain coaches, general managers, et cetera, that are owed significant, significant amounts of money. So th- this is going to get ugly. Um, is, this the, is this the death knell for the XFL totally, 100% going forward? I hope not, but it kind of looks that way.
0: Ugh, it's not good, dude. No, I will say this. I've been, and I know this is not statistically driven. I know this is not, uh, you know, based on any uh, facts or anything on the ground. This is my hunch and intuition, kind of thing. And I've been watching the XFL's Twitter feeds from the different teams and from the XFL itself. And I still, based on their Twitter feeds and the things that they're posting, I don't get the sense that the XFL is dead in the water. I really don't. I I wish everybody could just put a little pause on things for a little bit. You know what I mean? I don't... I just... And I know this is a hunch, and I know this is intuition, and I know that I'm generally not wrong. So... I mean, I've got a probably ninety-two point six percent success rate with my hunches, uh, as I keep I keep stats of them here in the Play Rock Studios. So <laughs> I just I've been watching their Twitter feeds and the things that they're saying and the things that they're posting doesn't make me feel like it's a farewell. It makes me feel like
1: it's a hey, I'll see you tomorrow. Do you know what I'm trying to say? So I, I know what you're trying to say. I hope that isn't just wishful thinking. I just,
0: I'm a media guy. I'm around media, obviously, all the time. Uh, I'm not a like a you know a top notch media guy like uh, you know Vince McMahon, but uh, I am you know I, I I read between the lines and I just keep seeing these posts and I'm like, these are these are not thank you goodbye posts. These are more like thank you, we'll see you as soon as we can kind of posts. So. I'm hoping that maybe it's a bankruptcy to restructure things a little bit to maybe batten down the hatches until this thing is over and then you know pay guys a prorated salary for the work they had done, maybe renegotiate some contracts for the games that had happened and the tickets that already had been sold, and then we can get on with the new season. You know, because I also know Vince McMahon is one of the smartest businessmen on the planet. So whether you agree with his business style or not, whether you like wrestling or not, whether you like the XFL or not, a lot of these people do not become giant uh, titans of their industries or create industries because they're idiots. So something's moving around in the background, and I don't think it's just a Vince McMahon bail. Is what I'm trying to say.
1: Okay, you know? okay. Hey, well, special shout out. Why we have it here? Uh, Susan from Baltimore back in the chat again, and uh, Joe from Middletown, Connecticut. Who uh, you'll like this one? Fly says, talk about the guy that spent five thousand on ringside seats to Tyson Michael Spinks. Went to the bath and came back. The fight was over.
0: <laughs> That's true. You got to be a jerk to spend five grand on that. All right, Preacher was got a comment here, pretty good. He's saying the XFL was planning on repaying people with the TV and attendance money. The Rona destroyed their financial plans, so they had to at the very least declare bankruptcy to void a ridiculous amount of loans. But a business can declare bankruptcy without closing the doors. Like how many times have we thought Sears was dead in the water? How many times did Kmart declare bankruptcy or Caldors before they finally went under? So it is possible that they will come back, but it was the right decision to cut their losses for now. So, and Jessica has a special message for Susan in your chat. She's saying, "Susan, I love you." So, yeah, no, I totally I just don't your preacher's completely correct. Just because you declare bankruptcy, it's it just means you're get you're getting permission to renegotiate debt. Or forgive debt, but in this case, hopefully, it's renegotiate debt, because as much as people pretend that everything's free in the world, or I can get this for free, or I can, all debts are always paid. Period. They're either paid by the lender or the lendee, but every debt is always paid across the board all the time. So hopefully, this is a this is a opportunity and an opportunity for Vince McMahon and in the in uh, Oliver Luck and those guys to. Weather the Storm, because they had a good product. They had an initial uh, good following starting to build. Uh, They had us talking. I mean, we're the greatest sports video game movie podcast in history, and we're talking about the XFL every week. So they had the world's attention just enough to grow. They were starting to till some good earth with their product. And I think if they're able to survive this... And get to next season. I think that they'll be they will come out the gate even stronger. You know I don't I don't think because now people know. Oh damn that XFL wasn't bad. They oh I feel bad for them. They almost made it. The football was pretty good. The TV production was pretty good. The announcers were pretty good. They had something going. It was better than that shitty 2001 attempt that they made. I have a jersey here, whatever it is. Oh man, they made it. They're got You know what? I'm going to check them out again or I'm going to tell everybody for a year. It's kind of like It's kind of like you know you get uh you get John Wick 1, right? Let's talk about Keanu Reeves cuz God the Pioneers never shut up about him, right? So you do <laughs> John Wick 1, and John Wick 1 is a decent modest hit. But people talk about it. it doesn't make a ton of money, but it starts to grow a reputation underground. You know, It starts to build, and by the time John Wick 2 comes out, so many people have kind of gotten a taste for John Wick 1. They jump, and John Wick is a bigger hit. Or Austin Powers. Everybody thinks Austin Powers was like this giant franchise when it first came out with Michael Myers. It wasn't. The first movie was okay. It was a modest hit. But because it was such a cult classic on VHS, and at that time, the original DVD, by the time Austin Powers 2 comes out, it's, a, it's it's massive. It makes six times as much money. So maybe this is a blessing in disguise, you know? By the way, quick quick recognition, Moldog, I have to do this. Leo has showed up in the chat and given 2,000 stars to the play Rock Nation. Thank you so much, Leo. I owe you the world's greatest chair dance on Friday night when we play Sea of Thieves live. I love you, man. We really do appreciate it. So
1: 2000 2, stars.
0: Nice. And normally this is where I chair ants, but we are recording the podcast. So I promise I will take off my shirt on Friday night. I will not guarantee there won't at least be another shirt underneath it, but I will take off my shirt. Thank you so much, man. We appreciate it, dude. So Moldog, so we got the XFL, uh, you know, obviously out super wobbly legs, but that's not the only bad news. The other bad news is the WWE has started to furlough and lay off its workers early. They're not selling any tickets to live events. They're not selling much merchandise. They're not, you know, they're. it's... it's the WrestleMania is usually the big time when Vince can fill the coffers and pay lots of bonuses to his employees. He's... He's taking it from all sides right now. He's under fire, and and this is no fault of. This is by no means a blame on any business in this country right now. This is completely unforeseen crap that everybody's had to go through and adjust. But only the strong are going to survive this storm, and new new businesses will come out of this. But this is he's he's under fire worse than when he was fighting WCW back in the day. And he's had to cut his roster, and he didn't cut his roster like the big guys. You know, he cut his roster of the little guys, but he's still of the not so, I shouldn't say the little guys, the not so popular wrestlers, because if he cuts Alexa Bliss, then we're going to have to riot. But he, he's been, you know, he's, they're starting to restructure and struggle too. They stopped products on their new, they stopped building their new headquarters They laid off some employees. to restructuring debt within the WWE. And a business to me, Moldog, tell me if I'm wrong, is only as good as the capital that's flowing through it at the moment.
1: Yeah, at at some point, and even in something like that where you can talk about debt restructuring and bankruptcy and all these things, you know, cash cash is always king at the end of the day. Uh, Receivables are great, uh, but you can't take – You know, receivables don't buy dinner, right? The cash has to be coming in. Cash is king. Uh, WWE is, you know, a little closer to our hearts, too. A Connecticut company, a nice, big, beautiful building. Sure. They're right off off 95 there. So that one hits even a little closer to home, being a Connecticut-based company. You know, Vince is a brilliant businessman. If anybody can dig out of this, it's this. In terms of the wrestlers, uh, you don't consider Kurt Angle. Kind of a big name in, the, I do in not, the
0: business there. Let me quickly comment. I don't want to interrupt you, but Kurt Angle has been past his prime for about 10 years. Kurt it's Angle. So what? a lot. Yeah, Well, I mean, speak yeah. for yourself. I'm I'm not even having to hit my apex yet, but Kurt Angle has been past his prime for a long time. He in-ring retired recently. I think last year he in-ring retired, so he was not wrestling anymore. He was on a WWE Legends contract, helping them do promotions and things like that. So this was like laying off Floyd Mayweather when Floyd Mayweather was already the trainer and not the boxer anymore. So that's not not laying off Kurt Angle while he's actually an in-ring performer. So ESPN, or wherever you got that article, is using the name of Kurt Angle because it's such a recognizable big name to get you to click on it. And to get you to like be like more overly concerned about what's going on than generally what's going on. I'm more concerned for the guys like Kurt Hawkins, who's a fantastic wrestler, and a few of the other ones who got cut, who are not big names. Those guys are the guys who really need the money and lost their jobs and are in ring performers. Kurt Angle himself is, you know, he's he's already been the you know four or five time WWE champion. He's he can't wrestle anymore. His neck is completely shot. So and he was not doing any type of in ring stuff. Like I said, he was you know he was selling t shirts and video games and doing promo videos and and things like that. So real quick, uh, uh, preacher, quick comment here. Very few businesses have planning for multiple months without regular revenue, regardless of how much a company makes, they're only a month or two away from bankruptcy. Though I do believe the WWE will survive and come back. It is tough to survive this kind of financial hit. Exactly, that's kind of what I was saying. Companies are only as good as the flow, man. So even the big boys like Apple, Google, Facebook, they're, you know, obviously they can withstand maybe a longer storm than say the mom and pop pizza place around the corner. Uh, eventually the storm will swallow them too and it's always sooner than you think. You know, capital is only worth as much as the, the uh, uh, what do you call it, the confidence in the capital. No, If you have a ton of trucks and they're supposedly worth a million dollars, but nobody's buying trucks and gives a shit about trucks, is your company really worth a million dollars in capital? No. Right. It's only worth what the confidence in the capital is. So, I'm nervous for them. I'm nervous for all the companies in the country, by the way. We're just sports-focused here, but... I really want to see a lot of these companies survive, a lot of these employees thrive. I'm going to be so enlightened and heartened when I see new products and new companies come out of the ashes. Whenever a forest burns down, the new trees that grow are always beautiful. So we hope that some of these new entrepreneurial ideas that come out of this will really change the world for the better too. Uh, and we'll see exciting new things as people are stuck in their garages, <laughs> just probably building the next Windows PC that'll actually work better than a Windows PC, or whatever they're doing. You know what I mean? So, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, Leonard saying, "Got two weeks left on our full lockdown here." Well, Leonard, hopefully it, hopefully it plays out good, man. Stevie saying, "That was deep, Ply. yes, yeah, Stevie. That's why I'm here for you, baby." Everything everything I know baby came out of a fortune cookie. So, Moldog, what else we got in the world of sports, man? We got bombs dropping all Oh, and what about the Yankees?
1: Well, I was well, I'm not sure exactly what you're referring to. I was going to get to the Hank Steinbrenner story. Is that, that was, where you that, were going?
0: That's actually what I was referring to. So, <laughs> If yeah, there's something yeah, else let me know, but that's I mean, what I was yeah,
1: sad sad moment in the world of sto- uh, sports. Hank Steinbrenner, uh, just to give you a little history, is one of the two sons yes. of George Steinbrenner, yes. the iconic Yankee owner. Uh, Hank and his brother is Hal, and they had different roles within the organization. But over the past three, four, five, maybe even a little more, you, Hal was really the only one you saw. He was the only one who gave interviews. He was the only one who talked about contracts, players. Or day-to-day ops or hirings, firings. Hal was kind of the front man and you kind of forgot about Hank. So okay. now reading the story where it's very it doesn't it doesn't come out and say exactly what it was. Is this a cancer situation? A long, well, it says a long illness, and oh. that that syncs up with the timeline because you really haven't seen Hank um, in in terms of the yankees or heard him in terms of the yankees in a while so my guess is unfortunately hank had some type of um eventually terminal battle that went on for a while that unfortunately he he lost and it's interesting because this is a you know this is not a fan story i i make uh, i don't hide the fact that i'm a uh, big Red Sox fan have been since ever since I can remember. '74 is my first memories. Uh, I hate the Yankees. I hate the Yankees as much as anything. But this isn't about the Yankees, and um, you know this is about one of their one of their owners and the old man. You know, let me tell you something about George Steinbrenner. As much as you hated George Steinbrenner, and he was always in the papers and he was doing all these impetuous, you know, things and he was so emotional and he would make decisions on a on a knife's edge and all that. What I always gave George Steinbrenner and what I've always said I would like to see out of my Red Sox owners, which I won't because they suck, is George Steinbrenner cared about winning baseball games for the New York Yankees more than anybody I've ever seen, and I would never take that away from him. I wish Red Sox ownership cared as much about winning baseball games as they do about yachts and soccer and all the other crap. And we've covered this before, so I won't go on that John Henry rant again, although I guess I kind of just did. Anyway, that's off to Hank Steinbrenner. Rest in peace. Um, I'm sure the old man was proud of you.
0: Yeah, no, that's a sad one. Our hearts go out to the Steinbrenner family. Regardless of what you think of the Yankees, <clears throat> that organization, for the better part of a century, has been run like a well-oiled machine To down to you better shave before you get on the ball field. Uh, nothing but professionalism and, uh, you know, championships and huge fan base. And it's, that's sad. That makes me, you know, I, I hope it sounds like if you're saying we haven't seen Hank in a long time, that there was some suffering there. So it's, it's probably, uh, he's probably at peace. and Thank goodness he's at peace now. Thank God that that's a tough one. So our hearts and uh, thoughts and prayers go out to the Steinbrenner family. Uh, and you know i the the beat goes on, you know, I, Hal's there, and now is Hal the owner at this point yeah, well, it there I... was
1: the, yeah, they were well it's always those those situations are always tricky it's It's such a great question. we think when we hear you know the owner of the Red Sox, the owner of the Yankees, we think this guy owns everything no, it's usually just in excess of fifty one percent, right, George Steinbrenner even at his height was in the high fifties, I think, of actual ownership percentage of the Yankees. When he took over the Yankees and was actually the figurehead, he had a a even smaller percentage. He was just okay. the the face. He was but the Hal majority co- shareholder of it. Yeah. and Hank and Hal have been co were co-chairmen of the board. So I don't know exactly what the ownership percentage is, mm-hmm. but it's not like Hank Steinbrenner has a hundred percent of the Yankees. It's, so just, it's a uh, conglomerate some type of control. Yeah, some type of controlling interest. And it always has been. I mean, George Steinbrenner bought the Yank when he bought the Yankees. Um, one of the main owners at the time, or ownership conglomerates, was actually CBS Sports, of all things. I don't know how that would work these days with any type of conflict. But yeah, the the network actually owning the team, as opposed to how it goes now, where these teams buy the network. It's an interesting uh, transposition of of history there. But yeah, George Steinbrenner came from rather modest means. To become an incredibly successful businessman, there's a great ESPN 30 for 30 on Steinbrenner, and he was a character,
0: uh, no doubt about it.
1: I don't sure know where he's from. he's from Cleveland. Your your place. Let's go go, Cleveland.
0: Let's go. So yeah, so let's talk about. So, I know. I know we don't have like a plan to talk about necessarily the other organizations tonight. But let's talk about a few of the other uh, major league sports organizations. Carl's been asking about hockey, about the NHL. Uh, you know, we haven't heard much from the NHL. They've kind of, you know, once they suspended their games and suspended what was going on, I haven't really heard anything about the NHL. Did they? Has there been any inklings or rumors or is anybody hurting over there or anything going on? Uh, in the world of the NHL and, you know, obviously we hear a little bit more about the NBA because we had to watch the World Championship Horse game on ESPN the other night. Good lord, we might as well have a spelling bee at this point. But, the NHL itself has been quiet, man. Like, I haven't seen any headlines for them. Any trades, any, we're going to restarts, any nothing.
1: It has. The NHL has been quiet. Uh, short of a couple of of these, you know, tentative ease back dates, or whatever you want to call them, or this is how long we're going to need for training camp, or once we get the okay, we're doing X. But here's the interesting thing about the NHL, as compared to the NBA and Major League Baseball, I, in my opinion, the NHL has a tougher road back simply because of the uh, arenas they play in and the fact they play their game on a sheet of ice. Right? It's not as easy. Steph Curry can go out in his driveway. All right, and, and shoot three pointers, and shoot free throws, and do what you know, whatever he deems necessary to try to keep himself in some type of competitive shape. You can't just go grab an ice rink anywhere and start doing drills or, or working out. You know, you can do other things in terms of the uh, you know the exercise and the staying in shape. But I think the NHL has a longer road back, just because when we finally do get the okay, whenever that comes is these guys need to get back on the ice, and they're going to need a longer time to get back. That's why I said, part of the reason I said weeks ago, I thought the NHL was done for the season. I think they are not coming back this season. I think the other sports, the NBA has a definite plan. They will get back in some capacity. The playoff system may look nuts. Uh, Baseball will have something. Again, that may be a Florida-Arizona-type weird new divisions. They're talking – Baseball's talking all sorts of crazy things. And then, you know, college football and pro football will come back, although they are going to be altered too. But unfortunately, I think the NHL is dead this year. I think they're done.
0: Ugh. Well, that sucks. Someone passed on the Edmonton Oilers. What does that mean, Bananas? Bananas the edmonton wheel. oh that's oh, a, that's even, caves. That, oh, uh yeah
1: that's a that's an even sadder story because was that was the young kid years old. yeah yeah yeah, yeah i read about that old. so did they give us a a cause yeah it was a brain it was not some corona related thing no, he I had you. he had some type of bleeding on the brain Ugh. they had to yeah they put him in a medically induced coma did a surgery and
0: they got
1: and him. they thought they had him out of the woods they thought they had him out of the woods yeah at one point, his, yeah, at one point his prognosis was looking pretty good. Uh, however, he did not um, survive. And twenty-five years <sighs> old, terrible, just an awful story. That's a gut punch. Those are a gut punch.
0: Yeah, that's that's a tough one, man. That's young. Twenty-five is young, you know. So, so you think the NBA will make it back uh, in some capacity? We think Major League Baseball will play some games and make it back in some capacity. Mm-hmm. But we think the NHL has kind of finished its its season, just because of the logistics of it, and uh, and the guys having to prepare to get back on the ice. So it's been tough all around for everybody, man. There's really not a business or a, a, an event, I mean, not affected all all the way through probably the end of this year. I mean, you can just chalk up 2020 to the year Netflix at this point. And play in the Muldog. I mean, everything's getting pushed back or canceled. I'm still not a hundred percent certain and we're going to see a college football season. And, and I think it's going to be. We odd. may not. You know, we I may think. not
1: see a college football season.
0: Yeah, so it's tough. Is there any other sports headlines before we get into our second segment tonight, Muldog? That you'd like to cover before we move on to? uh, some other, some other off topic things.
1: We hit everything on my show notes. So for once, for once we are actually following the show notes. It is possible. You can do it. You can actually follow the show notes (laughs) and your plan. Now I know we're going off the rails soon, so don't get me wrong. I, I have no delusions of grandeur here. Oh, so, you know what we my should? Yeah, yeah your show notes look good. When I go, when I go to this page of the show notes, I know we're jumping the tracks.
0: We are gonna, you know. Let's get off your show notes just slightly. Let's do a quick overview of what happened with Kyle Larson of NASCAR, who apparently had the world's biggest brain fart the other day when he was doing the virtual race. uh, uh, NASCAR's been holding these virtual races on Twitch and some other places, which in theory is a pretty cool idea. Um, And I guess, uh, apparently, and tell me if I'm wrong, because I read a little bit of it, but I'm not a huge NASCAR guy. He got bumped by another guy in this virtual race, uh, and he's got pissed, and he had a little road rage, and he called him a very naughty racist word. (laughs) And And for some reason, he thought he wasn't live mic'd. And the other drivers, like the other 50 guys or whoever was racing with him went, uh, you know, we can all hear that, right? Or whatever. (laughs) So I just don't understand. I guess just looking back on it, these guys are live mic'd when they're in real NASCAR cars, aren't they? Yes, they are. Because I saw Tom Cruise's Days of Thunder. And I could hear everything Tom Cruise was saying in the car. You know, I'm dropping the hammer, Mick. Don't you do it. I'm dropping the hammer. So these guys are, these guys are, you know, they kind of, they kind of know they're being watched or looked at. Like, kind of like I know I'm being watched or looked at. You know, you're being watched or look like any type of business environment too. Clearly, especially this type of language isn't really obviously acceptable, but, you know, you kind of watch your mouth a little bit, you know? I mean, I don't know. I don't think there's an excuse for what he did. Um, I know he apologized. I get it. It's a, You know, obviously he's, he's going to apologize. I don't know the man's character or the man's heart, so I, I'm not going to make a judgment on whether or not that's how he, you know, he wakes up in the morning and puts on a KKK robe or not. Like, I don't, I don't pretend to know that. Uh, I do think clearly... He's going to lose sponsorships, which I think he already did. I think NASCAR suspended him indefinitely. Oh, he got fired. His team fired him. Okay, so his team fired him. So he's lost his job. He lost his sponsorships. Um I just I mean that's kind of the expected response. I don't know where else it goes from there. I don't really I don't know who this guy was. He's he wasn't like Jeff Gordon to me. Like, "Oh, I know who that is." So he wasn't, he wasn't on my radar, but again, I don't watch NASCAR. Um, I, I don't think he was like a top 10 guy. He was probably, a, what, a top 25 guy kind of thing, I would assume, in NASCAR. Is that fair?
1: That's fair.
0: So I think it's just a lesson to people is, you know, watch your mouth. Like, just be kind to people. You want to call someone something, call them an asshole. Asshole's generic asshole gets the point across you know you're an asshole asshole's not going to get you in trouble you know what I mean like just if someone bumps you on the road just look over and say you're an asshole and then we're good like you don't have to go down all these roads of personal and racist and all these other things just use the A word man you could drop an F bomb in there too if you want you can call them an F and A hole you know you you can combine it you can use the S word too you know, you can, you, there's some, you you know what, everybody, here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. Everybody, when you're done with this podcast, go to YouTube and Google George Carlin's dirty word list. Okay. He's got a beautiful dirty word list. Generally, most of those words you can are still, you know, you can, you can make some creative names for people that you're mad at out of these word lists and not lose sponsorships. And not lose your jobs when you're professional race drivers. So head over to YouTube, uh, just download George Carlin's uh, Dirty Word list, and let me know what you guys can report back to me. Let's hear some creative names that you can call people when you're mad, you know? So, (laughs) Stevie, I love George Carlin. Jessica's saying, someone from the Mets, and I did see this on Twitter, by the way, challenged him to a UFC
1: fight because of this. I think it was a Mets pitcher, maybe? Yeah, it was a Yes, it was. He, he challenged him to a fight. Now, this is the second guy now. Remember, the first guy, his name escaped me again, and Jessica just gave it to me last time we were on the podcast. But uh, Bubba Bubba something. Was Bubba Watson? Name, Bubba Wallace. Bubba Wallace. Wallace? Right? No, no Bubba, Watson's, Bubba Watson's a golfer. Yeah. Bubba Wallace. He uh, Remember, he said something, and he lost the wait justice, a minute, wait uh, a minute. sponsorship okay yeah that was a couple of weeks ago now you got this guy lost his job now he said something obviously a lot worse and you could hear it in his voice when like you said the other guys on the actual virtual race um queued up and said uh, hey man you know everybody can hear this you could kind of hear that oh shit moment if you will but this is the second guy now who has major ramifications negative ramifications resulting from doing one of these virtual races. So I don't know what's going on with these things, but A, yeah, mind your P's and Q's, and B, you know, I'm wondering if maybe, you know, there's a couple too many cocktails involved before these guys jump on. So be careful of that. And
0: and listen, I mean, there's no excuse for the behavior, uh, but let's all just take a quick look in the mirror and remind ourselves of when we're driving down the highway or we're driving behind somebody who's driving too slow. The you know my our mamas would blush at some of the words that come out of our mouths, and the fingers that we extend through the window when we get mad. So you know his career's over. I would I would guess he's he, I, hopefully he does something else. Hopefully he repents and you know I don't I don't pretend to know where this guy's life is going, but you know just just take it as a lesson for everybody else when you're in the public eye. You know use the word asshole. That's it. That's all I got to say about it. Just just write it down. Write down the word asshole and just put it wherever you need to put it. And if anybody gets on your nerves, you just look right at them. You look them square in the eyes and you say, you know what? You're an asshole.
1: Perfect. Perfect. And that's the lesson. That's the takeaway from the podcast. Tonight. That's when the in lesson. Trouble, just, just say asshole. That's the lesson. All right. AT is in the chat,
0: by the way, guys. He says, I work part-time for the NBA here in Sacramento. AT, what's going on? And everything got shut down to the point where management is offering job placement elsewhere, non-NBA related. little inside basketball, if you will, from AT. So we hope AT, it's it kind of, we hope it smooths out. We hope people don't lose their jobs. We already discussed the WWE and they're hurting and we discussed the XFL. So AT, by the way, thank you so much for the 222 stars. <laughs> We appreciate it. Thank you so much. I owe you a square dance, a uh, chair dance as well. There was also a lady reporter a few months ago, who did the same thing. John is saying, "Look, we're all us. We're all, I guess, also under an unprecedented situation here for the past uh, month and a half or so. A month, uh, you know. Just take a little more time to think about what you're going to say before you say it. Maybe an extra one and a half seconds." You'd be surprised. My father used to always say to me, he drilled this into Little Ply's head when I was smaller. He used to say, Son, sometimes you can't control what you're thinking, but you can always control what you say. And once you say something, you can never take it back. So shut your mouth. It's always good to pause before you speak, especially in anger. Especially in anger or frustration. It's always good to pause before you speak, you know? I'm feeling like full Mr. Miyagi tonight, dude. Like, I'm just giving out life advice, you know, more than Mr. Wizard on Nickelodeon at this point. Yeah, this is like graduate
1: school stuff right now. This is unbelievable.
0: (laughs) AT saying, what I gleaned from the shutdown is the renewed perspective we've encountered regarding who we really depend on and who actually plays an essential role in society. That's actually a very important point, AT. It's amazing how... Sarge, we see you in the chat, by the way, as well. It's amazing how it's probably... I think we're focusing a lot on the bad things, and we're all afraid for the economy, we're all afraid for jobs, we're all afraid for... Um, You know, uh, some of the unseen things that we probably haven't uncovered yet in this this shutdown across the world and across the country. But I think sometimes it helps to change your frame of mind. It helps to change your thinking. Like, this is an opportunity to spend more time with your family. This is an opportunity to uh, be a bigger uh, role model in your kids' lives because they're not off all day, uh, you know, with someone else raising your children. This is an opportunity to really get to know uh, people. This is an opportunity to support essential workers and people who really make the economy run, who really make the country and the world go, Uh, and maybe not necessarily rely so much on the entertainment. I hate to say this because this is going to put a whacking on us right now, but on the entertainment side of things, to really focus on what's important in life and who's important in life. And to not take those things for granted. So this is a pretty good and we've we've had plenty of time and we probably all have plenty of more time of self-reflection of and and, and there's time now to, to learn something new to uh, you know my 15 year old daughter just today came to me and showed me a beautiful painting that she did the other day which I'll probably post on the Plyrock Nation page. And she painted a a sunset. And Mrs. Ply and I thought that she had, like, copied it or bought it. Or, like, where'd you get this? No, she's, she's just teaching herself how to paint. And there's some natural, raw talent there. That's something she wouldn't have done sitting in class all day, chewing gum, sleeping at her desk, listening to a boring history teacher. She actually has been teaching herself, like Bob Ross, how to paint. And it was beautiful so take those moments you know to really appreciate the people around you and also appreciate the stuff you got inside you know that beast in the basement man let it out let let those creative talents come out learn the guitar learn the piano dude you got time there's only so much tiger king we can watch on netflix you know i mean so you know it's kind of stuff like that um you know Truckers, nurses, doctors, first responders, and military, God bless them all. EMT, fire, and so on, Carl is saying. Yeah, no, I completely agree, man. This is like the moment when you really know what's important. And, you know, I do think sports are important, by the way. I don't want to downplay sports. I think sports bring people together. I think with it, when we're so divided on other issues and other things going on in the world, um, we, we as human beings, we generally don't agree on much. And to be able to come together and, you know, I'm, I'm a liberal, I'm a conservative, I'm this, I'm that, blah, 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 but we both like the Yankees. It's a way to have some common connection and get to know somebody so you don't judge them so fast and hate against them so fast based upon the caricatures that the media draws for you. So I do think sports are important, things like sports. From the local level up, it's not just professional sports. I think actually the farther you go down the totem pole to the little league fields, you know, to the high school, to the colleges, I think they're more important as you go down as opposed to go up. I think the community is more important than, you know, the Yankees per se. I think that, well, you know, yep. the, the, the little, the fourth grade Yankees to me are more important than the actual Yankees just in terms well,
1: that's of, a, that's know. a great point. Yeah. I, I like that. I like that baseball point because, uh, I ran into uh, my Little League coach. I ran into him maybe, it might have been about 10 years ago now. Um, and my last year in Little League was 1980. Okay, that was my last year in Little League. And Little League was huge. And well, so I can wait, say wait, wait. to this day.
0: I, your last year yeah. in Little League was 1980?
1: That was my last year. Yeah, I wasn't even correct. born yet. I'm blushing. Yes, that's, that's correct. <laughs> um and uh the Sorry. the kids 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 back then we didn't have as many options, right? There wasn't sure. There wasn't there wasn't lacrosse, soccer hadn't really caught on. There wasn't all these rec programs and school programs and town programs. There wasn't even Little this. League, there wasn't Nintendo. Yeah,
0: PlayStation. There wasn't Nintendo.
1: We had uh we had Little League Baseball and it was a big deal. And I ran into my coach and, and we had a great conversation, and to this day, some of the lessons most important life lessons I've ever taken to heart is things that I learned in little league baseball. Sure. So the coaches, the coaches who who work in little league baseball and deal with all these crazy parents and deal with all this baloney, and they're doing it for the love of the game. They're not doing it for the money, obviously. They're doing it for the love of the game or helping their kid or helping their kids' friends and all that stuff. Little league baseball begins to build that sense of community you're talking about. And sports is critical as a community adhesive type um, event. And I agree with you totally on that. And that's why, you know, it. it's not maybe critical in terms of saving lives, per se, to get sports back. No, it's but relational. It, it's relational. Yeah, it is totally relational. And we have enough, you know, we had a problem Not to get too far off on this, but before the quarantine, right, and before all this, we had a problem with a lot of people relating as it is, right? Too many people, you know, just bottled up all the time or not with enough relationships or watching too much Netflix or all this stuff already before this even happened. So I hope this doesn't exacerbate that situation. You need to get out and talk to your neighbor at some point. You need to get out and go to a Little League baseball game. This stuff has to come back, and it will come back. Now, will eighty thousand people be a giant stadium in six months? No, probably not. That's gonna take a little while longer. But again, let's let's tamp down the hysteria and this too shall pass.
0: All right. Speaking of hysteria, Moldog, we're gonna get into the hysteria part of the show right now because we've done a solid hour on the sports end of things. So for those of us on for those of you on the podcast thank you so much for listening get ready part 2 will be out on the next day make sure you hit that follow button on Spotify iTunes or Google Play and leave us a review it really helps out the show we will see you on part 2 of the Facebook show